Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreaded Media Podcast. This is episode 161. So, this year seems to be the year of the multiverse. We're going to get some multiverse elements in The Flash, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and we like doing out-of-the-box concepts here. So, this week, we're going to do a really fun idea that we came up with of if we had to, in a multiverse, in a multiverse universe, so to speak... How would we recast the Marvel Cinematic Universe using DC Cinematic Universe actors? So, a little tricky at first because there's significantly less DC movies to work with. But I think at the end of the day, we came up with some really fun choices for this. For a what-if, so to speak. Um, And hopefully we deliver more than what-if did. Um, Josh, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling, my dude. It's on my second day off in a row after a uh, really rough weekend. Um, apparently, there's a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans in, ten- in Tennessee for no stinking reason. They have to cheer and, somebody uh, in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but they were playing at the Titans here in Nashville. So it was like insanity all day. It was, it was it was fine. You I get a whole bunch it. of Bengals fans coming out of the woodwork. I'll be honest, though. Of the teams left in the playoffs, the Bengals are probably the one that I'm pulling for the most just because they feel like they don't belong there at all. Um, oh, yeah. And also, this is a movie podcast, I know. But how BS is the overtime rule? Like, I, the Bills yeah. lost because of a coin toss. That should not be the case. That being said, Bills are going to win a Super Bowl within the next few years. Josh Allen is legit. Like That man, some of the throws that he was making in that game, like, it's kind of unfortunate because uh, uh, Chiefs could just walk it down the field. Like, no problem. But, like, Josh Allen was working his butt off. Like, yeah, he's, he's going to have to rehab his back this offseason from carrying his entire team, basically. Like, don't get wrong. I actually, as a Broncos yeah. fan, I don't even mind the Chiefs. I... I could see Mahomes winning a lot, um, but I'm looking yeah. forward to more Mahomes versus um, Josh Allen because that matchup was so good. That mm-hmm. being said, like having a coin toss basically determine the outcome of the game is a little janky. That being said, I don't want seven overtimes like it could be in college yeah. sports because definitely have done that before. Um, but overall, a darn good weekend of football. Like mm-hmm. we don't talk about sports a lot. But every single playoff game was awesome, and well, Brady's gone. Except for the uh, the only bad like game that was boring to watch was the Niners Packers game, which well, you know, as a Bears fan, absolutely screw the Packers. <laughs> insert insert Aaron Rodgers is is immunized to winning type meme that Dude, took over everywhere. The one I've seen is that uh, that the Niners are the one that own um, Aaron Robert Aaron Rodgers. So that's a lot of fun, like that. Uh, I will say though, been, yeah. I will say though that someone asked, someone's just like, "All right, so this means Rogers retiring." One, I think Rogers and Brady are about to enter a game of chicken. Of well, if you retire, I won't retire because I want the spotlight when I retire. Yeah. I think if I think if Rogers won the Super Bowl, he'd retire. Given that he didn't, he's coming to my Denver Broncos. Mark my words, he's gonna pull up. <laughs> he, yeah, he's- He's leaving the Packers. Yeah, he's no, he's uh, he's pulling it. Peyton Manning, except I don't think he'll be as successful as Peyton Manning. But I don't know. He's a ta- he's really talented. He's he, he is. He's talented. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you watching anything besides football? Okay, so 
episode four of Peacemaker. I'm I'm on board. Let's go. Okay. I was not expecting to get my heartstrings pulled like that. Um, episode eight of Demon Slayer. My jaw was open most of the episode because it's so incredible. And like they're blending um, hand drawn and computer animation like really really well and it's kind of like scary and beautiful um and then the one i talked to you about oh i finally watched crimes of grindelwald because you're like and you're you were right to give me crap for this like i can't have an opinion on the fantastic beast series if i hadn't watched all of the movies up so far and i'm gonna tell you tell them what i told you in that there's some really good stuff in there and like that opening uh, jailbreak scene is pretty cool. Yeah, like I'm credit on that one. Yeah, I'm super down. Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, pretty good. I'm I'll, down yeah. for it. See, that's one I absolutely defend. I'm not the biggest Johnny Depp as an actor fan. I don't like a lot of his stuff. But I don't mind what he's going for for his Grindelwald. It's the script around him that was the issue. But his performance, yeah, absolutely. he's absolutely trying his best. Um, yeah, uh, and if you if you liked Queenie at all, get ready to absolutely hate her because she's stupid. Yeah, um, she was a ditz before, but now she's an idiot. Like, yeah, like complete idiot. Like, literally, he gives in that last scene. Like, Grindelwald basically says, "Like, we're gonna put Matt, you know, pure bloods are gonna put everybody else under their boot, including non magicals." And she then she then turns to to Jacob who shouldn't be in this movie um and is like see he's gonna give us what we want like no yes listen to the wizard nazi like no queenie that's not that's not all that he said you moron oh my gosh i just uh, and newt is still i really like him as a character i really enjoy when he's on screen i enjoy him as a person uh, as far as like I'd love to see him interact with animals, and I love that kind of guys. Not all monsters. What, what does Tina say? You never met a monster you couldn't love. I was like, ah, oh, yes. However, this has Star Wars prequel uh, prequel syndrome so hard in that Newt shouldn't be the main character. This is like it, it, it needs to be Credence's story. It has to be because the whole story revolves around like it doesn't make sense for him to not be the focus it would be like if we were watching if we did harry potter movies and instead focused on ron's perspective the whole time it just doesn't no not even ron let's focus on like draco seamus seamus's perspective the whole time like someone who's like in the plot but not like in the plot so just it's fine and that's um, also nothing to bring up the fact of it breaks its own established canon of, hey, we can apparate into Hogwarts. No. No, you can't. There's a reason why Hogwarts is the safest place on Earth is because you can't just <laughs> apparate into the school. And also, why is McGonagall a full-grown adult here when in canon she hasn't been born yet? And also, we're going to spoil, at least I'm going to because it's been out long enough. What the heck is that twist at the end? Shocker! Dumbledore has a secret brother that's never once been mentioned. I'm going, oh god, is this Uncharted 4? Yeah, I hate it. But like, also, like the name is similar enough to his brother who shows up in the Deathly Hollows books or movies that I was like, 
wait, so are they saying that he's created? Wait, hold on. And like went and looked through. And I was like, no, that's not. So these, it literally is just an entirely like different brother. Also, that Phoenix is totally Fox. There's, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, um, I thought they Dumbledore has said Fox has been in his family for a long time. Yeah, and no, Phoenix can't die. Now Phoenixes don't really die. They like yeah. die and come back. I'm just like, well, what happens if you impale one? Like, no, not that's not how that works. Sorry, I, I've always kind also, of wondered how you kill. Don't, <laughs> also, wizards don't use toilets. Uh, but even yet, though they have massive bathrooms. Yeah, yet Chamber of Secrets resolve, revolves around a gigantic poop tube. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Oh, man. Uh, Book-wise, I, I actually just finished reading Change, Chamber of Secrets. Um, doing the auto, audio book on that one. Um, so so I've done Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, whatever, uh, and Chamber of Secrets. And so far, I think I like the movies better than the books on those two particular ones. Mainly because they expediate a lot of things. There's that whole bit in Sorcerer's Stone towards the end with the dragon that's like, it's cool, and it tells us a lot about Haggard as a person, but not necessarily anything that we didn't know already. Or and not, nothing. Yeah, they so cut it's... out that one challenge entirely from the book of, hey, pick which potion is poison, and which one's the one that'll let yeah. you go through the fire door. I'm going... This doesn't really need to be here. There doesn't need to be yeah. this many challenges. Um, yeah. and, streamline and it. Chambers, yeah, and the Chamber of Secrets kind of does that as well, where the movie at least expediates a lot of what's what's going on, but not in a way that it skips over anything. I have a, have a feeling, and you could probably confirm this, is that, let's see, because they, they started making the movies on this next book, on The Prisoner of Azkaban, basically. When The Prisoner of Azkaban was out... They, that's when they started production on the, on the first movies. Yeah. So I have a feeling this is where things are going to start changing a little bit. Um, after I've, I watched the the Harry Potter special, and some of the the director of the Deathly Hollows ones will kind of like explain some of his changes, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. I hear what you're saying on that. Like, so I'm I'm kind of this is an interesting perspective to come in. Whereas somebody who saw the movies first and doesn't necessarily have as much respect for the books yet, um, having that opinion and seeing the difference and so far liking the movies more. But then again, movies are visual medium, so it's going to be easier for me to fall in love with those better. But yeah. Yeah. Um, finishing Crooked Kingdom, uh, which is the second book in a in a duality I've been duology I've been reading, and then I've got a new book that's coming out in a week, fifth book, sixth book in a series, fifth book, yeah, fifth book in a series that I'll be reading that, and then I actually I haven't told you this, um, so there's a giant used bookstore, like down here that has two locations, okay, like I'm talking, like I could probably get the entire Redwall series the entire series for maybe 20 bucks because it's like a buck each and stuff like that. So oh, I, wow. I had always wanted, I've always had this desire to like watch some of these like young, like read some of these young adult books that movies series are based off like hunger games, like just divergent, like Percy Jackson, just to come, just to see. Cause I mean, obviously if they moved, made movies about them, they should be. Good, well, right? Percy Jackson right? got greenlit today. Yeah, I saw that. I was actually pretty happy about that. Like, I'm excited to see what we do with that. Logan but, Lerman is now Zeus. 
Oh, Lord. I mean, he's old. Basically almost old at this point. Jeez. Um, But the Hunger Games was like a buck. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick it up and read it. Why not? What could go? It's a dollar. Come on. So I'll be starting that here in a few weeks, too. Man, I'm like reading like four books, like three books at, at a time right now. And then I can say the one thing from my favorite, my favorite line from Chamber of Secrets. Reading. I didn't know you could read. <laughs> I love that. I love that line so much. Oh, that's man. one of those that's like not in the book, but it makes it so much better it's being in the movie. So good. I. Yeah. There's just. Did, wait. How did you did you watch anything this week? No. Or is it just me? I've been playing. I've been going through all the Uncharted before oh. the movie, so I just finished the third one last <gasps> night. I've been going through. Just finished the third one. Um. I always have the same exact experience on all my playthroughs for Uncharted 3 of I start playing it, I get the first third of it going, I'm going, wow, this is this is better than I remember. And then right around the 60% mark, I'm going, oh, God, yeah, I remember why I hate this game. Not Maybe not hate, but God, does Uncharted 3 drag like nobody's business. Like, anything with the boat goes on way too long. For some reason, once you get to, like, the final location, there is one of the steepest learning curves ever for villains of, like, you get in a rhythm of, like, okay, this is how to take out the bad guys. And then all of a sudden, you need freaking RPGs and little um, heavy-duty weapons to take out simple bad guys. And I'm just going, why? And then those (laughs) characters disappear for the rest of the game. I'm going, the final fight isn't even this bad. Like, what the heck? And also still... The mechanics are just wonky. Like, you'll hit circle to dive for cover, and he'll just, like, completely miss and get shot and going, I, the, the corner's right there. Hide behind that. Just, it's not that complicated. Like, I can't wait to get to the fourth one, which I'm waiting until yeah. this weekend when I can play the remastered version. Um, that's just so, it's more fluid and just, it understands you better of, oh, you're clearly going for cover here. Um, like, I like three enough there's not a notch harder that i dislike but it's definitely my least favorite so i've gone through all three yeah. now now i'm just waiting till this weekend um to play the the new ps5 remaster of four which i don't expect will be different other than a higher frame rate but four is the <laughs> best one so i was looking forward to going back to playing that oh frame rate i'm still laughing at like when you randomly got suggested one of my old 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 videos and it was like in 480p it was like oh dude that hurts Mm -hmm. that just hurts yeah well it's a good thing josh has been reading lately because our first news topic is book related now josh did you actually ever read any of the lord of the rings Oh, yeah, I've read all three. All okay, the way through, I've always tried to read Fellowship, and I always get, like, halfway through, and it's... I don't know, I just have never been through it. But thankfully, you don't need to read any of the books for the new Amazon Lord of the Rings series, now called The Rings of Power, which, not gonna lie, that's a pretty good title. Am I still nervous about this show? Oh, absolutely! Um, I They released this, like, teaser of, like, this is what the title looks like. Which I was really surprised to find out that that was practically filmed. It's not CG or anything. Like, they actually... It's all, like, carved woodworking like woodworking and everything else. I'm like, that's really cool. And the show will supposedly be, like, The Rise of Sauron. I'm going, wasn't that a video game at one point? Like, a prequel game? But maybe I'm just imagining that because there used to be a whole yeah, slew of Lord of the Rings that. games. That's that. 
the picture looks really, really cool. And the teaser was, for the most part, cool. But I'm not going to lie. I'm sure you're in the same camp here, Josh. When anybody ever talks about, like, the rings of power were forged, I'm so used to it being Kate Blanchett's voice that when it's not, I'm just like, this just feels like imitation here. You're not yeah. the voice you're supposed to be. I, I know it's set in the past, but... I mean, shouldn't you be able to have Lady Gladriel? Because they live, like, forever. Uh, it was a cool yeah. teaser. I like the name a lot. I'm still kind of... I'll be cautiously optimistic about this. But I do still have some concerns about, like, some of the statements that they've said in the past about, like, what this show will be like. And I'm worried that this is just going to be their attempt at Game of Thrones with the Lord of the Rings skin. Because they're like, we want to be more adult in our programming going... You do realize Lord of the Rings was originally meant for children and teens. Like, I don't really want a sex scene in Lord of the Rings, because that's not really what Tolkien originally envisioned. And I don't know. Like, there's this thing of, like, yes, the original Lord of the Rings was PG-13, but it was originally more a children's story, so I don't need it to be adultified. And Amazon tends to skew adult which is fine the boys is great invincible is great i don't need r-rated lord of the rings am, am i overthinking this josh no not at all, not at all. Uh, i so the <laughs> i just so the, i agree the the teaser was cool and finding out it was all practically shot is like i have feelings about that it's cool uh but at the same time, I rolled my eyes a little bit because I was like, oh, OK, it's like it's like when when uh, somebody shoots on film these days, it's like, oh, yeah, and it's going to be shot on nine millimeter, millimeter film. I was like, cool. Nine millimeter. You mean, like you know, like 35 or 70. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But still, I was like, so why? What's the justification? Like, so. The only thing I can think of is that they're trying to be more practical with this and not go, rely so heavily on the CGI, which is what one of my major issues with the Hobbit movies was. Especially Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, like because I, I was kind of already a little bit checked out, but then uh, Legolas started Mario hopping up falling rocks, and I was like, I'm good. I don't need to watch this anymore. Fine. Um, as far as Rings of Power goes, it's fine. Sure. It's, it's a cool title, I guess. Uh, the Rise of Sauron could be potentially pretty interesting. That would be an even um, better name, though. Yeah, Rise of the Rise of Sa Sauron or something. I, I just... Or Impending Doom. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. I guess I'm the only one over here. Um, <laughs> but I just, like... It, it's fine, and I agree. I think oh, you Impending I, Doom. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, man. Oh, My brain. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just weird to hear that speech come from somebody else's mouth. Um, and I think we're going to have to get used to that with this series. To my knowledge, none of the, no actors are returning. Um, also, no actors that I know are in this show. Of course not. Um, so we'll see. I just... The way in the 
tying the the them wanting to do a more Game of Thronesy thing, and then putting in in the view of that speech of like these rings went here, these rings. I was like, instantly could see the Game of Thrones connection of being like, oh, oh, they think power is like political power. Oh no, that's all right. Let's but again. We'll have to wait to find out how this ends up going, but like, I'm while the teaser was cool, not convinced. Show me an actual trailer, then we'll talk. Yeah, and I don't know. The premise has always been interesting enough, but not like I must watch, which is weird considering to me the original Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the greatest trilogies of all time and like a landmark in filmmaking and a yearly tradition mm-hmm. for me. I have to watch it because it's just so good. But maybe I think. Part of it is also the Lord of the Rings brand has been diluted thanks to the Hobbit movies. And I'm just going, I don't feel the urgency that I need to see it. Again, the first trailer could be amazing, blow us out of the water. But I think there was more interesting stories to tell here. Because tell me you wouldn't be super excited if instead of this show, we were getting a Shadow of Mordor show of like a direct... Like, in between Hobbit and Lord of the Rings... Actually, no, that takes place right before Hobbit, I believe. But, like, mm-hmm. almost almost like Lord of the Rings meets Witcher. You find one lone, outcast soldier who you see the story through his eyes and you get more of the, the world, so to speak. Because uh, I really enjoy both Mordor games. I think it's, what, Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor? I believe it's yeah. the two names. Yeah. Um, there's, I yeah, really enjoy I those. There's just there's just better stories I think to be be out there, and we're like interesting. Story. Like, could you imagine if they did a a show about the, the dwarves and about them mining deep into this mountain, and then it turns out that they're in Moria, and then you like halfway halfway through figure out it's Moria and go oh no, so then you the viewer are like they're gonna unearth a Balrog at some point, and I'm not sure if I'm Ooh. ready for it. I just, there's really interesting stories to be told here. Um, you don't even have to touch the sim- the sim- similar alien. Um, I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's still like, this. so what's really funny is you watch, you, you couldn't read the books for Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. I did, I could not get through similarity it is so boring and so stupid if i remember but right I, that was like partially written by tolkien right and then like finished yeah, by one of his kids so maybe maybe it's his writing issue it, that's all i can think i don't care because it's not necessarily that big of a deal but again there's just some i feel like there's more interesting stories it's this almost has and i'll, I'll wrap this up like, like this rings of power feels like lord of the rings is going back to the same well the whole series has been about kind of like Star Wars going back to Palpatine. And I'm not 100% Suddenly, somehow, Sauron has returned. Yeah, basically. So we often mock that Lord of the Rings was super, super long, big sweeping epics that ended up like three and a half to four hours. Well, you're going to have to add a new movie to that list of epically long lengths if these reports are true because Matt Reeves' The Batman movie will be close to clocking in at around three hours with the end credits, which is supposed to be like eight minutes of end credits. The movie is about 
is reportedly two hours and 55 minutes with some people saying that they even screened like a four hour director's cut. And I'm going, I love the sound of this. I know some people are just like, why do we have such a long runtime for a first movie? Guys, this is longer than the dark Knight rises a trilogy capper. This is like around the same runtime as Avengers Endgame, the culmination of a big story. Here's why I'm on board with it. One, I don't actually mind long movies. Like, I love Endgame. I love all the Lord of the Rings. I'm okay with long movies, so long as the length is justified. This, to me, gets me more excited. If I wasn't more excited already for the Batman, I'm actually down for this because it implies a lot of world building on the part of Matt Reeves of... Not so much like catch up of like, well, we got to fill in a whole bunch of lore in here uh, to make up for the quote unquote lost ground that we have with the Batman character. No, it seems like he's got a lot of ideas that he wants to put into this world and we're going to start off running. But also like I think old school detective movies had longer run times. So this will feel like a Zodiac because we're already getting Riddler Zodiac vibes. So Zodiac's mm-hmm. a long movie too. So if we take that approach here, lastly, before I toss it over to Josh, if this really is three hours, I love that even more because there's so much that we clearly haven't seen from this movie mm-hmm. then because the trailers really from what we're hearing are really only little bits because that first trailer was when they said they had only filmed about 25% of the movie. And a lot of the trailers so far have focused on that first footage that we see. We get some stuff with the Riddler but there's a lot that we're not seeing. Like, you know a certain court that could be behind everything (laughs) or a certain circus or other characters or references. Josh in general, what do you think about longer run times and are you excited for a three hour Batman movie? Yeah, I I think it's the run times is one of those things you have to kind of earn um, and let it be justified because like, I think in contrast, Lord of the Rings needs that runtime because you can't just a good fantasy movie can't just rush things. You oh, is that right? To, Aragon. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you can't just be like, all right, cool. So this thing is that thing. This is that, this is that let's go. Yeah. We understand there's political intrigue here, but we don't care. Like Warcraft. you can't just, you can't just throw stuff at a wall and just go like go to town. Like that's not how fantasy and comic book movies work. I mean, even like an end game being with being th- you know close to three hours is completely justified. Cause that is a cap of like, like what is it like 20 plus movies so like you have to 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 really bring it home and really wrap everything together in a nice bow whereas this we're opening a brand new world this to me this is going to be one of the starts of the new post Zack snyder era so it it has to set up a lot of stuff it has to and even if it's not like world building setup as far as like the DC world building, even if it's just him and it takes him this long to solve a riddle, like solve the mystery. Absolutely. Like I'm okay with it, with Batman not solving the puzzle in 30 minutes or less. Like that's, I'm down with that. And I think if anything, like you said, Having those two trailers show not a lot of footage. I mean, I think altogether, I think we have maybe four minutes, four or five minutes of, of footage total. 
Like, dude, there's so much of this movie we're not seeing. And it gives me, it makes me excited because I think of like, of movies like Endgame and Spider-Man No Way Home that barely showed us the first fourth of the movie. And then you have everything after that. So it's like, let's, I'm just, if I wasn't excited before, now I'm definitely excited for this, for this movie. Like, God, dude. Which really there's so been good. some other Batman related stuff that like has come out, but isn't like necessarily individually enough to talk about for a new segment. But we can lump it in here of Michael Giacchino released the first bit of music from the movie. They released the mm. main Batman theme and oh my God, I've listened to basically nothing else since it's been released because guys, he crushed it like. We know we've, from the trailers, we've got the doom, 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 doom. I'm going, that sounds like Batman. But then you play the rest of the theme, and I don't know about you, Josh, but the music actually was more hopeful and uplifting than I thought it was. Like, oh, this this has, <laughs> music term, it has movement to it. It has, I feel the waves of emotion that's being replicated here. I, I feel fear in certain points. I feel hope in certain points. Like, I felt so much listening to the Batman theme and we're just going, oh, my God, this music is going to be amazing. Like, I thought it was just going to be dark and gloomy. This has different styles and it's so beautifully done. But then, um, for some reason, this doesn't happen to me because I have YouTube premium so I don't get ads. But apparently, before certain videos, they're showing ads for the Batman that are like a two-minute clip. Of the movie. Have you heard about this yet, Josh? No, I haven't. So, yeah, certain videos are showing, like, two minutes and 20 seconds of the movie as a clip. I've watched it. And I genuinely got pissed when it was done. So, it's the scene in the trailer of, like, the car crashing into a funeral. It's basically what happens leading up to it. And Robert Pattinson's Batman doesn't say a word this entire time. But I'm literally on the edge of my seat the whole time going, this is tension, this is uncomfortable, and I love it. It's just tense and awkward, and I needed more of it. I was going, <laughs> uh, this is, it's hard to describe, but I need it. I really, really need it. Um, so, honestly, we may have to come back to our best movie marketing campaigns when this movie's yeah. done because so far, the Batman has not missed at all with the marketing. And the three-hour runtime actually makes me more excited than less excited because so long as the runtime is justified, perfectly fine. Like, Endgame, long runtime, but I don't think there's a whole lot of scenes that I would cut out of Endgame. Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home, that's a long movie. I really can't think of any scenes that I would cut out of it because I've seen it so many times I know when to go to the bathroom, but after the certain point, you cannot leave. Once once they go to Happy's apartment, you cannot leave the movie from then on out, basically. Yeah, basically. I And see, like that's the thing. I think a lot of people who are complaining will be like, oh, DC needs three hours to tell their story. Um, Can you not hold your pee? I just... I don't think people realize how long movies actually are like, and I don't know. The other thing, uh, the, the last thing I wanted to say was about the theme. Cause I remember, I forget who I heard somebody commentating it being like, I'm so tired of superhero themes 
not being dynamic, not having layers, not being like interesting to listen to. Because uh, in reference to the 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 Batman theme that we get in the trailers, like because it it really kind of is just a, nah, nah, like Jaws esque more or less. Exactly. Um, but then, dude, they released the full thing, and it is dynamic. It is. Like you said, it's got movement to it. There's emotional layers you, you can feel through it. I just, yeah, I'm excited about this movie. I, I, I don't know how I could get even more excited. And now I'm totally, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go see if I can find that two-minute clip. I'll send it to you. Uh, I'll find it and yes. send it to you. I do love that the God. music I love that the music sounds suspiciously like Mask of the Phantasm. Yes! Uh, hey, you know what? You, you just... Imagine if that they all oh, imagine if that's this isn't a court movie, it's a mask of the phantasm. Okay, movie. so funny that I have the red graphic up, I totally didn't in, yeah, intend yeah. this, but somebody took to Twitter and like just reskin this and be a light blue. And they're like, Imagine if the next movie's theme is is blue and it's Mr. Freeze and all the marketing is blue instead of red. I'm just going, Mask of the Phantasm, blue, <laughs> blue and gray suit. With I refuse eyes? to let the blue and the gray die. The blue and the I'm gray not, will Matt show. Reeves is just crazy enough to make it happen. Yep. Well, chalk this one up to out of nowhere. But at the same time, when you have the energy of Apple, you can just kind of buy whatever you want. And if you want to buy a gigantic kaiju for your streaming service, you buy a gigantic kaiju for your streaming service. Because we're getting... A live-action Godzilla series for Apple TV Plus, and all ten people in the world that actively watch Apple TV Plus are happy. Um, this is bizarre to me, actually. I'm not gonna lie. Um, one really thought HBO Max would be doing something with this because they yeah. did Godzilla vs Kong and everything else. But on the flip side, I'm maybe I'm thinking it from the kong perspective and not the godzilla perspective because godzilla legally speaking is always in tricky water because godzilla is not an american property if i'm right anything godzilla related has to go through toho and they have like limited contracts like i think godzilla versus kong was the end of the american contract currently i could be wrong we've got a friend that we could ask but i know josh doesn't really want to bark up that tree right now um so i wouldn't be surprised if after the Warner deal expired, Warner's like, sure, we'll keep doing Kong things. Godzilla, maybe not, because it's a little trickier financially. And then Apple's like, please, we only have Ted Lasso right now. And that's, we're only go so good on that. We can just buy up Godzilla, right? We could just buy up Toho if we wanted. This is a weird choice, but at the same time, Apple TV Plus desperately needs it. Because we bag on like HBO Max or Peacock. Apple TV Plus, the only reason it has any subscribers is because it comes free for certain <laughs> Apple users. Like, other than that, I genuinely don't know why only anyone would get it. I've heard good things about Ted Lasso, but one good show doesn't make me, <laughs> as Disney Plus had just The Mandalorian, basically. But, yeah. like, Apple TV Plus, I'm still questioning why it exists at all, because... Apple came so late into the streaming game with this, and they haven't made a lot of moves. They're like, hey, we just bought Charlie Brown. We're going, cool? You know, the culturally relevant movie that is Charlie Brown, whose last movie was 2017, 
by Blue Sky. They didn't get a sequel, even though it really, really deserved it, because that movie was way better than it had any right to be. But Apple, like, I can't decide if Apple's going all in or not in streaming or not. And if they're not, poop or get off the pot. And this seems like a big ploop, so to speak. Like, Godzilla is the big poop. <laughs> and that's a good yeah. thing. That's that's a good thing. That's a that's a lot of fish. Yeah, I I go back and forth because there's a few shows that I have seen tra- trailers for and like ads for uh, besides Ted Lasso that have looked interesting. Uh, Foundation being one of them, um, Dick, Dickinson being another one. But like, I just. And like they got Fraggle Rock over there, bro. Like, I just I don't know. I I agree though. Like at the end of the day, got like a Godzilla show on feels weird on Apple TV Plus. That feel that I think I just I don't know where else you go. Like, what is he gonna start? Is he gonna fight Ultraman? Like, what's what are we doing here? You know, like because we've done King of Monsters. We've done like it. We've done uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Like, what what story? I'm not to say that Godzilla has a limited catalog, but we've kind of covered quite a bit of it so far. They're just going to remake Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, except Mechagodzilla was created by Apple. Actually, knowing Apple would be like, Microsoft created Mechagodzilla. It it, it was created by the metaverse. Um, Cringe. I just, yeah, it's, it does, it's little, I know intellectual properties is always a weird conversation. Um, but it just feels weird for that kind of show to be on Apple TV plus. I don't know what their budget would be. I don't know how this would, do you get the same design as the movies? Do you change the design? I would change the design. design I wouldn't even keep the movies. I would make it its own continuity just for freedom's sake. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just weird no matter which way you fold it. See, I think it's also weird because it's Godzilla as a character, both physically and box office wise, it's too big for streaming. There's certain characters in the way you approach them that could work for streaming. Like, yes, even the MCU, who's made billions and billions of dollars, can still tell small, intimate stories like uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is much smaller scale. That can be washed at home. Godzilla is a gigantic creature that you kind of want to see on the biggest screen possible that I think lends itself to big epic movies more so than serialized tv i just the reason people watch godzilla is to see gigantic monsters on the biggest screen possible and to see it just streaming at home it would be like peacock saying we're gonna do a live action jurassic park tv series like the when you watch something at home you're watching it more vertically not um you're watching it horizontally not vertically like, if you want to watch vertical things, you see them on the big screen. Yes, I know some people will be like, well, there's Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. That's an animated kid series. They don't have live-action dinosaurs on Peacock or Netflix because things of that size you want to see on a big screen. And I think it would take – I don't want to be like a Christopher Nolan in the situation of like, yeah, theater's the only way to go. But when you've got gigantic creatures like dinosaurs, like kaijus, like Pacific Rim creatures – which, does this get rid of my potential Pacific Rim Godzilla crossover that I want someday? When you've got Probably. characters like those, they, they lend themselves better to big screens. I know streaming's dominating everything else, but I don't think Godzilla as a character meshes particularly well with streaming. 
Yeah, no, I'm gonna agree. The it's gonna feel like like Street Sharks or like a Transformers TV show. Like it just yeah. it, it it would just feel campy and weird. So I I I, I don't think it's a good idea. But you know, it's Apple TV Plus. So they're gonna do what they want. Now, you know what is a good idea, but also like the worst kept secret in video games. <laughs> Respawn is doing a Jedi Fallen Order sequel, and everyone liked that as a Fallout meme. There, um, I loved Fallen Order, but I also loved mm-hmm. what it represented because I remember when Fallen Order was just about to come out. The head of EA was just like, "Well, according to our studies, people really love um, online multiplayer games. They don't really care for single player games anymore." <laughs> You're stupid. Fallen Order just comes out and destroys sales, and he just goes, "Oh crap!" And then EA, I felt like EA tried to sabotage fallen order by not marketing it as much or showing crappy footage because i almost didn't hop on the fallen order bandwagon when it first came out because all the gameplay looked so generic it looked yeah because eh, i kept showing that little tiny piece of the much broader game when cal and bd1 take over the ATAT, and you're just like okay we've seen this before this is uninteresting and you realize that's like two percent of the entire game and this is a much bigger thing. So I just, I loved what Fallen Order represented of going big old middle finger to those big wigs that are just like, oh no, people love microtransactions and multiplayer games. No, give me my Fallen Order, my Uncharted 4, give me my God of War, give me my single player stories. This is the biggest no-brainer. It's the only bankable Star Wars franchise in video gaming right now because as some other news kind of came out today, this more or less kind of puts a nail in the coffin for a a battlefront three from ea and dice which is both a good thing and a bad thing it's a good thing because other studios can do first person shooters as we'll talk about here in a little bit but it's a bad thing because battlefront 2 had the greatest turnaround of any game i've ever seen honestly it's one of my favorite games of all time it's one of the best star wars games ever of where it started to where it is now and they pulled support for it at the worst possible time. They're like, oh, crap. Battlefield is doing terribly. Let's pull off all support for Battlefront and do Battlefield 2042, which has been a colossal mistake. And I'm going, just, just, it's not too late. Abandon your Battlefield, come back to it in a few years later, and go back to the thing that's actually making you money right now, which is Battlefront 2. But no, they just dropped that, and DICE is not making any more Battlefronts at all which i think is stupid but thankfully respawn the people that did do fallen order and are doing fallen order 2 are doing a first person shooter which i'm going cool and also i must have missed it but respawn made one of josh's all-time favorite games with apex legends yeah so Respawn's a pretty good company man like they they're not just apex legends i mean in my opinion is the best battle royale out there but it's it's they're kind of lately that opinion has changed a little bit but that's more because of content drops or lack thereof um but that's and, also but that's just that's an issue you're going to run into into with battle royales unfortunately you're well, always also, having to keep it fresh respawn did what i consider probably one of the more underrated games of this generation of both titanfalls i really like yes. titanfall 2 i really like titanfall 2 a lot more than i thought i would yeah well and the entire Apex Legends game is based in that lore, so we're constantly pulling from that. Um, so it's pretty, and, and like, and they just they've done so much 
revolutionary stuff game design wise like having a paint system it started with them in in the battle royale like no other game had that at that particular moment um they're just like stuff like that so it's i'm excited to see what kind of fps they bring um i would i'm hesitant for them to just do another battlefront because i feel like you do need something fresh you need something new because battlefront while cool is still not an fps and it's and it's the reason i always struggled with it because it is kind of clunky at at times and i i do wish it had a more fluid motion which is something you'll get from respawn um yeah and as far as i'm very interested to see what kind of strategy game comes out of this as well um i have heard nothing about anything else on this yeah they just announced it so fallen order 2 i'd imagine is like a 2024 release is my guess and since they just announced the strategy game in the the first person shooter that won't be for a while yet like 2025 2026 probably um but i also thought it was interesting that uh for the first person shooter they're bringing on one of the like producers or supervisors from the original two battlefront games which i'm going nice oh oh, no no don't don't give me that kind of hope now i saw somebody floating the idea around i don't know if they go this route or not but what if it's a game similar to a Republic Commando of you've got like a group of people on a, like a SWAT mission? I'm going, dude, dude, dude don't oh, don't bring up Republic Commando for me, man. That game has so many awesome memories, like being like a commando storm uh, clone trooper was just one of the coolest things ever. And I can only imagine, especially now that they've expanded the canon so much uh, what all you could do with that like oh, dude i just being like a bounty hunter head squad or something like that or like being able to do being able to do first person squad combat do like a class-based system but like you have like three or four different storylines that you can run through with those classes so like you have like bounty hunters and you've got like a different classes about it's often oh, it'd be like the M- the old republic mmo all over again and i'd be so down just just resurrect 1313 and reshape it as a first person shooter just oh we're all still sad about 1313 curse you disney but i <laughs> this is the first time that i felt hope in a while for in the future of star wars gaming because it felt like ea was just had a chokehold on it and they're like we we pump out star wars games too we're going guys You've done three games in six years. How is that fair? That's not cool, yeah. guys. Back in, what was it, 2005, we had like five or six Star Wars games just in 2005 alone. You got Republic Commando, the greatest game ever made with Lego Star Wars. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, a banger of a game right there. Battlefront Two. all of those were 2005 alone. And yet EA has just been like, nah. You'll get a game every couple of years, and then you don't even know if it's good. Like, the first Battlefront yeah. is fine, but definitely incomplete. The second one started off as a broken loot mess, and then Rogue Squadron exists. Which is sad yeah. that Rogue Squadrons is probably the most, like, polished and well-made game that no one gives a crap about. Because... Well, it's the skill ceiling, ceiling is so high on it, unfortunately. Like, it's... it's and also, uh, people... I don't think the general gaming population... There's obviously some people that do, but I think the general gaming population 
doesn't care about flight simulators. Like, they're like, it's super accurate. It is an accurate flight simulator. It felt just like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter from when I played it as a kid. Did it hold my attention for more than two hours? No, not really. That's... Yeah. Which sucks, but I'm excited for the future now. Well, and, like, all of those other games, that's not to even speak about, like, Knights of the Old Republic, the, both the game and the MMO. Or the remake Jedi coming. Academy. Yeah, the remake that's coming, Jedi Jedi Academy, which that was, I don't, th- I think it was PC only, but I no, that's sure. available on the PlayStation Store. Well, it is, it is now. Oh, okay, not okay, when it came yeah. out. Um, which seriously, I have so many great memories with that game, and I'm just imagining being able to do a Jedi Jedi Academy style game these days, where every single part of your character down from your lightsaber color to your boots is all customizable and you get thrown in with ability. I just, there's, I think with Fallen Order, it has opened the door finally, especially with a new studio picking, picking stuff up, open the door to like different kinds of Star Wars content, not just like, well, you get your class-based shooter or your single player mode. So have fun. So I'm just, I'm just excited. As per usual, this episode is sponsored by TeePublic, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media merch. You can get shirts, hoodies, notebooks, stickers, whatever your heart desires. You've got five fantastic designs for you to choose from. So if you want to support the show, go to Uncharted Media, check us out there, get some cool merch. Now, let's have some multiversal fun, shall we? So, again, we wanted to have some fun with this of... If there's a multiverse out there that the entire MCU was replaced with DCEU actors, who would be what? So our only real requirements for this is we had to cast at least the main core Avengers. And then if we could think of like some other supporting ones, we could throw that on the list. So uh, Josh and I may have some different ones, but by and large, the ones that we know for a fact, we have the core Avengers from the first movie and then sporadic ones from there um this started off hard but then i got in a groove and i think josh you said you kind of had the same experience yeah yeah it was one i think the hardest ones for me were um cap and iron man because and i think because chris and robert robert have have really embodied those characters so much it's really hard to imagine somebody else doing them uh, but so I, those were the hardest ones. So I, I had to come at the characters from a very specific point of view in order to make them work. Um, and oddly enough, I'm going to be straight with you. Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck are not on this list at, at all. I kind of had to force, I kind of had to force Ben yeah. Affleck. I had Henry Cavill into something because it did take me a very long time. I, also, do not have Ben Affleck in here. I'm like, could I see him as Thanos? No, I really can't. Ben Affleck as the collector, just to see him with the crazy <laughs> hair. And just... Yeah. Uh, but just Henry like... Cavill, I eventually did find him something. But yeah, you're right. I'm just like, it, it, they're so unique. They, they're so like, unique. And like, and I think that was even like when it came down to someone like, uh, and it's something I hadn't considered before. Uh, when you're casting someone for Hulk slash Bruce Banner is different than what, and this seems like obvious when I say it, but is different from when you're casting someone like 
Iron Man or Hawkeye or Thor. It's very, like, not just personality and acting style and stuff like that, but also height, how they how their face looks, what kind of energy do they give off. So it's, it, it, was, it was kind of it was a little bit more difficult than I anticipated. But, yeah, like, it, once we got in the groove of it, I was like, okay, yeah, you can go there. You can go there. You can go there. All right, cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so yeah, so we'll probably save the core ones for last, just because like that's mm-hmm. what everyone knows. Um, yeah, some of them came super super easy, almost at times too easy, and then others I'm like, oh, I'm gonna think outside the box on this one. Um, we will also say, at least for me, I do have some characters that were already MCU characters, but you have certain actors that have been both in the MCU and the DCEU, yeah. so those MCU characters are fair game because they've been in both so it's not like well you're cheating because they were already in the mcu i'm like they were also in the dceu so they work too so um and just to be clear here we're we're using the the shows as well correct yeah dceu shows so peacemaker's fair game um i think that's it for shows well doom patrol and and titans nope don't count Oh wow! Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> Are you screwed? <laughs> well, we can uh, include t- t- if it really screws you over that much. We can include Titans and on, Doom Patrol. On, but I was thinking of like act the main continuity. Uh, yeah, I got some people from from CW as well. Oh, oh no! D- no, uh, honestly, honestly, at least one of them I, I like a lot. Okay, but, like, also, so then that, that'll like, at least make our list different and, and, then. Then in the, the, the Christopher Nolan films are, are fair game as well. I mean, the... That has never been fair game. I, dude, I approached this wondering if Joker would be fair game or not. But I don't have Joker. Well, okay. Josh Whoa, can include right. it. So... <laughs> Josh can include I'm... it. No, I almost put Joaquin Phoenix it. as Doctor Strange because so Ooh. many people want that for some reason. And it almost happened. But I didn't know if Joker should be canon. Okay. So... But so we'll, we'll include it for Josh, because like we <laughs> okay. said at the beginning, it's hard to cast main characters when you only have like eight or nine movies to work from. Yeah, that... that they just have to be not, DC. Yeah, they just have to be, to be from, from DC. So like, I have the shows, so like Edge of Tomorrow, uh, uh, Arrow, and... But I'm pulling people What's from Edge every, of Tomorrow? How is Edge of Tomorrow? Not Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> um, Legend, Legends of... Legend... Legends of Tomorrow, oh, right? Edge of Tomorrow dude, is not DC even remotely. Like, okay, see, but like, what was weird was on this list, I was like, all right, so uh, let, let's just see if there's a comprehensive list of everybody that's been in a movie for DC. Wikipedia. And like, they were including ones from like, uh, from like Constantine and Legion and like stuff like that. And I was like, I, oh, guys, chill. We're, we're going a little deep down the rabbit hole there. Um, <laughs> chill. Uh, so it was a little hard on, on, on that, but yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. You know what? We're just including everything. I don't care. Okay. So I got three. <laughs> I only have list. three villains, actually. How many villains I do you have, Josh? have one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care to, to do. Um, actually, that's not true. I can add one. I, I took it off because I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I'll, I'll add it just to, just for you. I have three just because, I don't know, they just kind of kind of random, randomly came to me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, these matches are too perfect. Um, 
Who who's your who's your one there? Uh, Loki. <laughs> I had uh Cill Cillian Murphy being Loki. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's Loki was really hard because like I also have like Jared Leto or Patrick Wilson on that list to be Loki as well. Like if as far as like because like that was some on my list as I just like threw na certain names where I thought they'd be and then picked which one I liked the most for that and. Out of those three, Stephen Murphy feels pretty cool. It could be, it's definitely wouldn't be Tom Hiddleston at his form of Loki. Probably be something closer to like a Scarecrow kind of Loki. And I, I wonder why. Yeah, but like also, I just think if you're looking, Loki was hard because you can't, you can't have a big buff dude be Loki. Like no. you can't, like you know. So like, and there's not a lot of like scrawny suave guys in in the dceu as 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 so it was just, as snyder is very aesthetically driven he is and gosh that was noticeable when looking at casts yeah jeez um too bad we're not doing like nah recasting the actual mcu with non-canon mcu mm. because i would recast loki with david tennant yeah um sorry people netflix shows aren't canon i know they'd be like well daredevil and kingpin Pretty sure they're variants. I mean, I could be wrong one day, but uh, so like I said, I got three villains. Yeah. Uh, Hela from Thor Ragnarok. Oh. I'd do Gal Gadot. I think. Okay. I think that stands out. Yeah. Um, then I know these characters are very similar anyway, but I don't care. Crossbones from Winter Soldier and Civil War, played by Deathstroke's Joe Manganiello. Okay, he I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> And then the one that I'm actually kind of mad doesn't exist as much as I love the original actor in the role, Mysterio, played by Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm so down with that. Uh, the only other villain I had that I'd taken off my list at one point was uh, Ultron. I have being played by Jeremy Irons. Oh, that would have been so much better than stupid James Spader. Like... I just like imagine him like getting at the tail end of a speech and like yelling at like straight up just oh it just would be so much better. Gosh dude. Oh Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Mufasa <laughs> <laughs> I would just see that. Um so yeah the, Who do you who I do have you my... have for your, for your uh, Phil Collins? Uh Phil Colson. Colson 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 No, if I was to recast Phil Collins for the MCU. I'd get Terry Collins, a former manager of the New York Mets, because he always... Josh, Google Terry Collins for the New York Mets and tell me he right. doesn't look like Phil Collins, at least a little bit. Um, I don't have a Phil Coulson, but if I had to think off the top of my head... Oh, man. You gotta Gosh, have somebody... That's actually terrifying. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick a Coulson, maybe the guy that plays Vigilante on Peacemaker... Maybe, maybe. You need yeah, a little bit of dork in him. Yeah, um, I have it as uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Tom Cavana, I think is how you pronounce it. Cavanaugh. Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah, Cavanaugh. Yeah. Sorry. Ed. I've, he would be like he's got that like good balance of like dorky, but also like really like a really respectable dude, and like I want to be around him. JD's and, older like, brother. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it'd be cool. Okay, so, yeah, we've got our core Avengers, we'll save for last, and then I have a lot of, I don't know if I want to call them legacy characters, but, like, 
post phase one characters. So yeah. Spider Man, Captain Marvel, Winter Soldier, Falcon, Star Lord, and Rocket. Uh any of those that you don't have that we should cover? Or do you um, want to just dive into those? Okay, my other ones I've got War Machine, Falcon, Pepper Potts, Bucket Bucky Barnes, Ant Man, Black what, Black Panther, and uh Wanda. Alright, I hadn't considered some of those, primarily because in my perfect universe that this is, Pepper Potts doesn't exist, because, God, I hate Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts in the MCU. I think she's one of the biggest wasted opportunities and a waste of time this side of Natalie Portman's Jane Foster. I hate her character so much. That's fair. I can't blame you on that, my dude. Who do you have for Pepper Potts that might be better uh, than Gwyneth, you two? <laughs> Anna D- Diop. Or Diop, however you pronounce that. She plays Starfire on Titans. Really? Yes. She's got to be a better Pepper Potts than she is a Starfire. I just, first of all, I just thought it was fun. I didn't even intentionally do it, but, like, thinking about... The red hair? Well, the person that Pepper... The the hero that Pepper Potts becomes in, in, in Iron Man 3, and thinking that I just cast Starfire in that role is kind of funny to me. But um, didn't that didn't happen intentionally? I just felt like having someone younger, and once we get to Iron Man, it'll kind of it will play off it a little bit. I did tend to go a little bit younger on my castings on certain um, certain ones. Huh. I went um, older on a lot of them. Interesting. So, but that, that's primarily one of them is I didn't want. I went younger because I didn't want Pepper to be a childhood friend of Tony's. I wanted her to be a higher from Tony's and just they grow a friendship from there instead of a childhood friend. But hmm. there's that. Uh, let's see. You also had War Machine, right? I didn't realize the... the. Did you go with Will Smith? <laughs> I went with Ray Fisher. <laughs> and I didn't realize the, celeb- the similarities until, until I read it. So in one, he's in a metal suit trapped for life and the other one he's in a metal suit so one he could just leave the other one he's trapped in forever yeah yeah okay okay but in 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 my brain i went okay that's probably why he made the correlation yeah yeah in in, uh if if someone's gonna be in the war machine suit it's gonna be a younger it's not gonna be as much as i love don Cheadle. it's gonna be a younger healthier more experienced soldier and so that ray fisher kind of fits that whereas somebody like falcon who i have as well uh, play being played by will smith is going to be a little bit older and it's going to be like hey yeah like i did my turn kind of like sam uh sam like it just it i think it worked just as well um he's got the the charm i think that falcon really likes and eventually I can totally see Will Smith being a, a black uh, Captain America. I think that works well. I don't think I'm against that either. Yeah, I go Will Smith for for War Machine because I see that like stoicism occasionally, mm-hmm. while also the snarky stuff. Whereas my Falcon is Black Manta's Yahya Abdul Mateen. I think. I, think I hear he- you. I think he's I got that, you. like, swagger. He does kind of give me Anthony Mackie vibes of confident and charming at the same time. But also, I can absolutely see him stepping into the black Captain America type of um, that leadership, but also never overwhelmed. And also, 
I need him to kind of still be snarky like Anthony Mackie is, especially playing off my Winter Soldier, who we can talk about in a little bit here. But judging by your reaction, I think you have Yaya doing something later. Yeah, um, well, you know, I just, I see him, and I think of royalty. So I have him as Black Panther. Because... Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, like, nothing against, um, oh, jeez, Chadwick Boseman. But having, like... He's pretty tall, man. He's like six foot something, six foot three. Um, actually, I should probably look that up. I have that somewhere. Um, I brought up everybody's IMDb pages because I was like, I'm going to have to. I want to make sure I get everybody right here and what they're from. He it doesn't have his height. It's fine. Um, but like, I just that he just gives me like um, Wakanda vibes and he just looks like he would absolutely murder somebody if he wasn't such a peaceful person and i get i get that vibe at least from manta manta <laughs> so if we're working off falcon and then you just said black panther mm-hmm. someone that has connection mm-hmm. to both of them would be the winter soldier do you have a winter soldier i do i do have a bucky barn slash winter soldier and that would be <laughs> i don't think you're gonna like it <laughs> i don't think you'll like mine because uh, he was actually surprisingly hard to also get somebody for because you don't want someone too old but you don't want too young and they need to have like i'm just like saying everything that casting directors already think about so um i had two and i picked one of them obviously the first one was scott easton eastwood sorry oh god scott i forgot eastwood. he was in the su- i forgot yeah. he was in the first suicide squad because i was so in- positive that he was playing nightwing yeah he he gives me good like real Bucky Barnes vibes like yeah dude. that's a good call yeah the the one I also had was Stephen Amell um your I, favorite not, your favorite I if he had if his Casey Jones had, didn't exist I think I'd be more about him being <laughs> that but yeah he's, he's Casey unfortunately too. that exists and he's kind of the same character and everything unfortunately so i i do kind of lean more on like a a scott eastwood um bucky barnes oh, dang, what do you I, have i completely forgot about scott eastwood here's the one that's like what but hear me out for winter soldier i have henry cavill because i could see that okay. like big bull in china shop that we kind of get when we first meet him like the clean cut like good old boy going off to war which we definitely have seen from Henry Cavill. But also, it's weird that, you know, Winter Soldier, when we see him later, shows up as a long-haired loner. Almost like some other Henry Cavill (laughs) role. He's a long-haired loner that also has a little bit of sarcasm in him when he wants to. Specifically, Witcher, I get Winter Soldier vibes of just like, I I don't want to be here. I'm just... I'm just here so I don't get fined in the in the words of that <laughs> one NFL player, which is the greatest yep. post-game conversation ever. Um, also, I felt like I had to get Henry Cavill in here somewhere, and I genuinely couldn't think of him anywhere else. Like, there's some roles that I tried and tried, but I couldn't think of anything. Like, Vision, I got nothing for Vision. I, I thought about it, but I'm just like, I can think of somebody for Jarvis. But not for yeah, vision type of thing. That was hard. I had um, oh geez, what's his name? The guy that was that played Professor Lupin. I had uh, oh that, David Thewlis. Yeah, I played had Ares. Him in there. Yeah, I had him as Jarvis. I, I did I think like about it, that. 
uh, and I don't mind him as as uh, Vision either, but I don't know. Um, uh, I have, and this is kind of, I'm starting to see some similarities in characters that I'm not really a fan of, That, which is why I ca- casted some of these people. Uh, Cara Della, Delevingne. Uh. Yeah, as, as Wanda. And I realized that's because they are very, very Just because they do characters. weird hand stuff? Yeah. I, it was either that or Margot Robbie. Um, uh, no, I have Margot not, Robbie saved for something else later. Yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about Margot being Wanda either. Um, oh, no. I really didn't want her to be Black Widow either. Nope. I have Margot Robbie as Captain Marvel instead. Okay. I don't hate that. I could. Yeah, I, I see that, that more. if Because my top pick isn't in the DCEU either with, oh, what's her, what is her name from Battlestar Galactica and your favorite Halloween movie? Um... Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff oh, okay. would be my top pick for Captain Marvel, but not going to happen, and we get stuck with Brie Larson instead. I will not apologize yeah. for disliking Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. It's just yeah. Marvel writes their characters so well, and they're always cast perfectly, but Captain Marvel, top to bottom, has been a misfire, and also people were like, it's because she's a woman. No, no, I don't mind Wanda, <laughs> even if Wanda's definitely a villain right now. Liked Black yeah. Widow, it's it's because the characters miscast, which is not normally the case for Marvel movies that are normally cast perfectly. Yeah. So, of the non-core um, Avengers, I got three left: Spider-Man, okay, Star Lord, and Rocket. I have one, and then I have a couple that are were just for funsies that are Ooh, not. I like funsies. not at all related to anything that's popped up in the current MCU yet. <laughs> So I'll hit my one. You want me to go ahead and go through mine? I'll go. I, I'll go ahead and go for it. All right. So Ant Man, I have as my last kind of non, uh, non core. I have play, being played by Ludi Lin, because the, this just it would be so much fun to have like a have a a younger Ant Man that could definitely play off of Spider Man a little bit more. Like it's just ah, uh, they could be best friends. I would love that so much. And personally, I feel. It makes more sense for a younger kid to think it's a good idea to break into somebody's house for scientific stuff than it does for, like, an older dude. Paul Rudd's not old. Paul so Rudd's anyway, in his 20s. No, he's not. I love him, but no, he's not. Um, but, like, literally, literally, I can just has that charisma and fun about him that I'm, I'm so totally down for. Um, so my for funsies, you're going to roll your eyes. Tom Hardy is Wolverine, but only if G- Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays Sabretooth. I, l- I would love to see both of those guys play off of each other. Um, I have Henry Cavill, and these are the only these are the dream ones. I, I don't Henry know Henry Cavill as Sabretooth. Henry Cavill as Beast. Okay, it's something I hadn't considered. And the voice I fits about perfectly. It. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see it. Um, and then the only Ben Affleck I have on here, <laughs> I have him playing Cyclops. <laughs> and I kind of like it. Like, if you clean shaven, like, I don't hate it. Because he could totally do, like, like you're the leader, but I kind of don't like you also. The one I almost went with with Ben Affleck, but I just, I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger on it, is Ben Affleck as Thunderbolt Ross in Civil War. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. He's, but he's just slightly too young for it. Like I need yeah, that I that old grumpy general. 
Okay, so these last three before we get into our core Avengers, I'm actually kind of mad don't exist. I'm not saying the people that we don't have aren't perfect, but these are just as good. Rocket Raccoon, voiced by Jai Courtney, aka Captain Boomerang from Suicide Squad, because... Yeah. God, I just I just need the voice of Captain Boomerang to be Rocket. Also, for some reason, it's popular to hate on Chris Pratt. If Marvel ever decides to recast Chris Pratt as Star Lord, <laughs> recast him with Zachary Levi from Shazam. Cause I'm down. yeah, they're just immature man babies that I love both. Um. Also, I know some people are like, but Zachary Levi was already in the MCU. Yeah, he was in the MCU and died so hard that he jumped ship to DC because of Hella. And lastly, Tom Holland will always be my favorite Spider-Man until we, well, besides the PS4 version. Tom Holland is perfect Spider-Man, especially after No Way Home. But if we need someone from the DCEU, what about young Billy Batson, Asher Angel from Shazam? I think I don't hate that, yeah. I thought about the kid that plays Freddy, but I'm like, eh, he's a little too dorky. Peter is dorky. Well, just a little bit handsome, not like the best looking kid. And uh, looking at Asher Angel, I, I just see Peter Parker in that. I think he'd be a lot of fun. Although it's yeah. always kind of bothered me in the Shazam movie that hit that young Billy Batson is actually more mature than superhero Billy Batson. Like Zachary Levi might have been a little too goofy with it. Like he becomes less mature when he's the superhero. Yeah. But um, let's get in to the core group. The main Avengers, the ones that started it all. So we've got Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Nick Fury. Nick Fury actually was the first name that came to mind for me. That was like, I gotta go with this guy. And he was already in the MCU already. I don't care. I think he's better suited for this role than what he actually was in the MCU. Idris Elba, also known as Heimdall, also known as Bloodsport. I get authority vibes from Idris Elba. I believe him. You see him in control of a situation, but at the same time, you get that, I don't really want to mess with you type vibes. And also, like, if we're continuing with the basing it off the comics, he kind of does look like he could pass as a, we couldn't get Samuel L. Jackson, so we went with someone slightly younger. Because I can't, Samuel L. Jackson's in his 70s, guys. I can't believe that. So if you wanted <laughs> someone slightly younger, I think Idris Elba could definitely pass as a Nick Fury. So something that happens in the comics is that it is Nick Fury is just kind of it's uh it's like a 007. It, it it's kind of past. Oh god, you want with David Hasselhoff, didn't you? So I have two names. I favor one uh, as as always. First name how cool would it be to see Viola Davis be like a Nick Fury type, just bossing everybody around? I don't hate it. I love it. I love it quite a bit. But the I, guy... See, I would think it would be too much like Amanda Waller. I, it might be, and that's kind of why I shied away from it and went with my other pick with Christopher Maloney. Um, what DC thing was he in? Uh, he's a... Oh, jeez. He's... um. He's in Man of Steel. He's one of the soul. Uh, one of oh the yeah, characters. he is. A good death is its own reward. Yes. So, cause God, dude, like, have you seen him in um, what was that show where he's bum, like, bum. Psych- where he's psychotic and he uh, has like a flying donkey that f- follows him around? So not Special Victims Unit. 
No, no, it's not. Please, I wish that was Special Victims Unit. He just rides up to a crime scene on a donkey. <laughs> no, it's like, anyway, but I think he's like, there's, and I, it feels weird to be like, I just feel like Nick Fury should be white. Like, that doesn't matter. That does not, that is not a thing that needs to be in discussion. I'm a, like, I, I had no problem with, 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 uh, um, Oh geez, Samuel Jackson being playing Nick Fury because it's fine. He did, does a great job. I just like Christopher Maloney would be so cool, like being Nick Fury. He he's intimidating. He's scary. Um, I've seen him move in certain shows. The boy can go. Was it just like imagine like a Nick Fury that actually hand to hands people? Like oh, that would be that'd be cool. It'd be super cool. Not gonna lie, whenever I see Christopher Maloney, I always think he kind of seems like a variant version of John Hamm. Of yeah. like, <laughs> we couldn't get John Hamm, we got Christopher Maloney. That works, it's fine. They both sound like meats, so <laughs> you've got the Maloney on Christopher ham. Christopher Maloney, <laughs> Christopher Maloney on ham. Wow, oh no, yeah, that's gonna yeah. haunt my nightmares now. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, okay, my most like, I I don't feel like 100% of just like, oh, this has to be it. I could be convinced otherwise of this. Hulk. I couldn't think of a specific person for this. So you got to think the Bruce Banner side of this. Because the Hulk, obviously, we're not going to get like a Lou Ferrigno situation again of just paint a bodybuilder and just send him off to have fun. Um, yeah. That's why I want someone mild and sheepish. That's why I went with Shazam's uh, Adam Brody, also known as the superhero version of Freddy, when he finally can fly and has legs and everything else. Also, um, he's been in a couple other things, but I was I kind of get younger Mark Ruffalo vibes from him of like mm-hmm. a little awkward in the quirky and endearing way, not like you know the new girl version of I'm quirky, love me, go away, Zoe Deschanel. That's that's my weird tangent for the day. Enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Hulk, I really could not pin down just because it Hulk in the MCU is kind of vanilla. He's kind of uninteresting, but at the same time, you still like him because he's got some good lines. He plays off other characters well. He's a good accent piece to the other heroes, but as a character, Bruce Banner doesn't necessarily have the most personality because the last time they tried to do that, it was Edward Norton. He kind of stole the whole project away from everyone else. <laughs> so, it's really weird, because as soon as I saw this guy, this was actually the easiest one for me to cast. I was looking through pictures, and I was like, yeah, that one, right there. Um, and when I tell you where he's from in the DCU, you're going to laugh. So, there's this guy named Scoot McNeary. Yeah, he's he, the guy with no legs in Batman yeah, vs. Superman. he's the guy with no legs. In Batman v Superman. But Scoot, you ain't got no legs. But he is so, like, look up a picture of him real quick, like, as a human being. Not obviously in a wheelchair. But he, like, to me, just exudes, like, this, like, a Bruce Banner-esque feel to him. He's, like, he looks like he could be very, like, very smart, but he definitely looks like he's got some weight on his shoulders. Like, it just... It could be. It would be really, really fun. And he's kind of like Mark, and I might get shot for this, but he's he's not as well known. Um, as oh no, he definitely he isn't. Could, 
and as comparison to somebody like say uh, Chris Hemsworth or something like that, you know, so that could be a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. Uh, who do you want to tackle next? Let's uh, let's get let's can I can, can we get Thor out of the way? I, I this is the only one that I feel like we might have the same person. Yeah. For. I tried not hard. to get I tried not to yeah. get this guy, but. But I just couldn't get away from it. it. It's just too easy. Let's say it together. Three, two, one. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not. I can't. Come I on, it's see too easy. Else. It is. Uh, I tried like, not like, to, but it, it's it's just lame. It's right there. It just were. It just fits too too well. And like my man, my brother, Loki. my brother. Like that is sounds like such like great. Thor vibes like God, I just you, you can't get any better. But also, than that. Like, like we've seen him be regal when he finally adopts the Aquaman, King of Atlantis thing. We've seen him with the heartfelt moments. Like one of my favorite scenes in any of the Zack Snyder movies is actually when they're in the Batcave and he's just like, you know, it's not right. Took this kid away from his family. He's got nothing left. His dad just died. I thought you said he didn't care. I never said that. And you're like, he does have a heart. Like yeah. that—that's good. Like Jason Momoa is a, just a phenomenal actor, nonetheless. Um, he just—he fits too well in this role. Yeah, like I, I, I really need bad. Chris Hemsworth. I need Chris Hemsworth and Jason Momoa to do a movie together. They do the remake <sighs> of Twins. Oh my gosh! I just like, and I felt bad. I think the main reason I felt bad was because I felt like I was typecasting him. But like, it just like, it just works. It so fits too well. well. Yeah. Okay. What do you got next? Uh, let's yep. do everyone's favorite Avenger, Hawkeye. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I still don't think Hawkeye deserves the the indifference that people give him, considering one, Hawkeye's show on Disney Plus is still the best Marvel show on Disney Plus. Come at me, WandaVision fans, because uh, Hawkeye doesn't have a disappointing end, and it's actually consistently entertaining. Doesn't have peaks and valleys. Um, Hawkeye. There's another one that I almost immediately got right off the bat. It, it, Idris Elba's Nick Fury was the first one. And then my Hawkeye, played by Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad's Joel Kinnaman, also known as Rick Flagg. Interesting. Because I see him... Rick Flagg, as a character, has some of the, the sarcasm, but also has that just... I'm over it, and I'm tired of babysitting children type of mentality. <laughs> and Hawkeye... <laughs> Hawkeye in the MCU and in the comics is very much just like a, <sighs> I'll get this done, but I don't really want to. I just want to go home and ice my knees type of thing. And I kind of get that vibe from Kinnaman of just being over it. But at the same time, he's got his really good sassy moments, especially in The Suicide Squad. Um, that I was like, yeah, I see you. I see you as Hawkeye. I can see the mileage on you. And I mean that in the best possible way for Kinnaman. All right, I hear you. I see what you're sticking. You're, you're, uh, you got, you got. Um, my Hawkeye, I'm going with Wentworth Miller, for kind of the same reasons. You look confused. You good, buddy? Yeah, I just for some reason I just heard something. We're good. We're good. I think. Okay. No, like, cause like Wentworth Miller is just like, I don't know how to describe it. I saw him, and like he kind of said with. With Joel Kinnaman, he looks like he's got, he's he looks like he's seen some stuff, and he just always has that look on his face of like, I 
am done with everyone. I'm here because Natasha asked me to, and so I'm here for her. Like that just like I get that vibe from Wentworth Miller. So you brought up Natasha. Who do you have as your Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow? So she's actually probably the youngest on this cast. I have Connor Leslie. She <gasps> plays Donna Troy on Titans. Honestly, Donna Troy is my favorite character of Titans. And this is coming from a Nightwing fan, primarily because Donna Troy, Connor Leslie's performance is the only one that I actually buy. Like, she's seems like the only character on Titans that feels comfortable with the script. Mm-hmm. Like, she has this natural charisma and personality that I just love. I love Connor Leslie and Titans, and I'm so glad she's not, you know, dead. My only gripe about her is... I wish she was Batgirl instead of the actual Barbara Gordon that they cast because I wasn't a huge fan of the Barbara Gordon representation on Titans. I was like, oh, nah. you don't really come across like Barbara Gordon. And also the fact that they're just like, nah, she was never Batgirl. She was a, a jewel thief and going, what? what? No, that, no, that's not how it works. But dude, you say anything, Connor Leslie, I'm just going... Yes. Just yes. That's just it just works, man. I, I don't know what it is. It just works. And like uh you because I have Wentworth Miller, he's obviously an older assassin, and so there can be more of a a brother sister vibe there. Whereas like because Natasha I'm sorry, because you know, uh Jeremy Renner and Scarlet seem to kind of be in the same age they do there are times when you're like whoa did there ever ever a thing and i just want to eliminate that completely i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with that dynamic in the background so i went with um someone that's more recent to the dceu both actually in movies and tv but kind of might still be the same age as joel kinran i'm not sure how old he is um, and that is The Suicide Squad and Peacemakers, Jennifer Holland, also known as Harcourt, the, the blonde agent in charge of looking after Peacemaker. Yeah. I think she's got physical resemblance to Scarlett Johansson. Um, she already kind of has that Black Widow-esque vibe to her of take no crap, give all the craps type of situation yeah. of always has the upper hand. <laughs> Whenever Peacemaker or any of the guys at the bar try and hit on her, she just immediately beast the ever-living crap out of all of them um i just get black widow vibes from her and i could absolutely see it and she's really impressed me so far in peacemaker granted she wasn't a huge role in the suicide squad but i really like what they're doing with her on the show i like all the characters on peacemaker but i think she'd be a really good black widow yep i'm with you so i don't know about you but these two were the hardest for me to to cast one was one wasn't okay fair enough uh Captain America was my difficult one. Iron Man was yeah. my easy one. Okay. That's fair. Um, what do you have for Iron Man? Iron Man, judge him on his good performances and not for this movie. Wonder Woman 1984's Pedro Pascal. Oh, wow. Okay. You forgot yeah. You forgot about Pedro Pascal, right? I kind of did, yeah. And I was joking with Heather, I didn't intentionally do this, but it's funny that Pedro Pascal, a man known for his facial hair and wearing an iron mask, should be good as Iron Man. But I'm going, he's been in Narcos, he's got that like morally gray area, but also he's been really funny. He's going to be in that Nicolas Cage comedy, so he can be do the comedic beats. I just 
buy him as a dude that can be cocky but also emotionally vulnerable he was an overly cocky character in game of thrones um mm. he could be cocky he could be charming like we've seen but also when he's in the iron man suit we know he can do plenty of acting with just his voice alone i really love Pedro pascal as an actor and i could absolutely see him being tony stark i'm down with that absolutely I have no no issues with that at all. I hadn't thought I for some reason I forgot about that. Forgot about him. Um, yeah, hmm. interesting. I have uh, the guy who was only at the DCEU for maybe five minutes. Uh, the man who played quote unquote Jimmy Olsen. Michael oh, I thought you were about to say the guy that played Slipknot. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, Michael Cassidy. Uh, he's. I honestly, I thought he's the one that played Vigilante for a little bit until I looked up his, his IMDb. But, um, gosh, he's like, he's a handsome dude. He, everything I've seen him in, I, I have enjoyed his presence. He, he seems like a guy that can do suave, that can do emotional vulnerability. But also, I feel like him being and looking younger gives him more of something to prove than, than say, Robert Downey Jr.'s um, Tony Stark does. Tony Stark has something to prove because he puts himself in that position. Whereas, my, if, if you had, uh, to me, uh, had somebody younger, like Michael Cassidy, play that character, I feel like it would be... It just it would it feel more like he, he... Less of the things that happened to the Avengers would be his fault. <laughs> mm. Now... Who is our last one? Who is your Captain uh, America? So I have two names that I floated around. Um, and primarily just because I love both these guys, especially after certain movies that they've, they've been in. But um, Alan Richardson is in, it was, I thought about, he plays um, Hawk on the Titans. Yes. He's pretty good. Um, also, great he was Aquaman in Smallville also true which is a weird thing to think about too um real good guy great presence great charisma can do sassy can do emotional um i do think he might be a little too cwe unfortunately so i ended up going with joel kinnaman really um, i i see this captain america in that the while he is a great guy and has a good center more of more his moral compass is hardcore um i do see captain america as when he doesn't have ptsd from coming out of the coming out of the, the iceberg like that doesn't make sense to me like that would, i feel would be a big shock to him and I feel like Cole Kinnaman, Joel Kinnaman, oh my goodness, Cole Joel Kinnaman, could, oh my gosh, uh, could really like portray that. And he's got a good swagger to him. He can be sassy language. Um, he can be uh, commanding. Gee, like I, I think if Suicide Squad by James Gunn had not happened, Joel Kinnaman wouldn't be nowhere on this list. But he, like, he yeah. is so good in Suicide Squad. I he, that that's just a character I can totally see him being the leader, then this this guy that is the moral compass of everybody and is not not afraid to smack you up the side of the head to get you going right. 
Interesting. Yeah, I have a, a kind of an unconventional pick, but the more I thought about it, it just fits too well. Aquaman's Patrick Wilson, Orm. Okay, yeah. Of I thought about that too. I think it's funny and it's absolutely intentional, I think, on James Wan's part, of when you see um, Patrick Wilson, he almost looks exactly like a comic book version of Aquaman, of the short blonde hair, the good all-American Caucasian look to him, which fits, I think, perfectly with Captain America. But we've seen him be the good guy. Really like him in the Conjuring movies, just as a all-around good guy. But at the same time, we've seen him in other roles where he's got that kind of... As much as I love Captain America, sometimes in the comics, Captain America can be a bit of an all-American douche. And yeah. we've seen that from Patrick Wilson, especially because we don't talk about this movie enough, when he's the bad guy in the A-Team, when he's Lynch, I could see him being a government stooge. Like, I'm not saying Captain America is, but in terms of, like, blind loyalty and patriotism that Captain America sometimes has, I could absolutely see that from Patrick Wilson. Also, just that all-American look that he's got of the blonde hair, blue eyes, good old boy. But I can also see him exuding leadership, uh, clearly from Aquaman and Aquaman 2. Dude is jacked out of his mind, and he's still kind of pissed that they didn't showcase that more. Because if he thought he was hiding under a lot of padding, you're not the only one. He hated that, too, because dude is actually shredded. And they had, they for some reason, hid that in Aquaman. Uh, I think he'd be a great choice, unconventional choice. But sticking with our parameters, I think... In the world of DC, I think he'd be a great one to, in a multiverse world out there to be a really decent Captain America. Yeah. I, I'm, I, and that was one of the things. I don't hate any of my picks. It was definitely hard on, on a couple times to be like, okay, this character... But it came to Captain America and Iron Man. It was like, these guys are kind of complex. And if they're playing the roles in the MCU that Kevin Feige has dictated, then they... They've got to be very specific in in how they operate and act, and I just yeah, I'm not I, I don't hate any of our casting. I think what will be really interesting is when eventually we do the the use MCU cast members to fill DCU fan. Uh, Send it back the other roles. way. Yeah, I don't know if that'll be easier or harder. Because harder. There's I think a, it'll be harder. I think there's a lot of people that we more people we can work with. But casting a Superman or a Batman might be difficult. But what do you guys think? If it was up to you and we lived in a weird multiverse and you had to cast DC actors to show up in Marvel movies, who are you picking and why? Let us know in the comments below. It was like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. We're trying to get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year. You can help us get there. Share us with other movie friends that you got. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.